yeah, let's get it popping. Let's get it rolling. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of DD Says Podcast. I am Chris, and today, what I want to say, hey, DD fans, I know we're inconsistent. I know you miss us, the three of you that are out there, but uh, we'll try to be better. Uh, Ren, I hope you're well and I miss you. You know, Ren needs her time too, you know what I mean? Um, but we do have a very special guest, my best friend, the lovely, the talented, Jonathan Brent Seaborn. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> how are you doing man how, how's it going it's going good man today was a good day um cool uh so we're actually in like i've had to readjust um our we started daycare back last week because we've both been going okay. back into work and we got a call right. um friday that they had one case of covid at the daycare oh wow and so now we've we've re-entered quarantine uh for sure to to be safe um you know they've assured us that the likelihood that it was like a in a different class and they haven't been intermingling teachers or anything and they were like the likelihood or whatever is low but i'd rather be on the safe side uh for sure man no one wants to catch that rona so we've it's been a weird uh yeah exactly it's been a weird um (laughs) we're like day three or four into that so it's been a weird uh oh shit transition back into not leaving the house um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's um, just given all of the climate right now, it's been crazy because for the most part, I've stayed and followed like, you know, the um, outliers for, um, you know, quarantine and, and whatnot. But um, like going to protests and stuff and being around, you don't think about it at the time until like, you know, if you're thankfully able to uh, get home safely, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, I did touch a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Just as far as like yeah. interaction and you're going through and you're thinking about like, oh. Um, and then like, you know, the same thing like when, you know, COVID first started to like you're at the grocery store or the gas station and you're thinking of everything that's like, oh, shit. You know, you're just kind of paying attention more to how germs spread so quickly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm just more so saying like I understand you on that, you know. It's well, and it, a process to we go through. We hadn't been going out much at all anyways, but the past, you know, mm. uh, week or so, um, I had been going, you know, we're c- covering all of the protests here in town. So I've been going to them uh, mm-hmm. and um, in Lubbock, we're lucky in the sense that um, most people were wearing masks and um, yeah there was definitely enough space to to not have to be like shoulder to shoulder um i said sure. lucky enough it, it, it's great to see the turnouts they've had they've had 200 plus people at almost every single one of these except yeah. for maybe like one one of the marches that was the same day as another march that ended up having like 500 people but um yeah but it's not like the turnouts like in Austin and these other places where you have no choice but to be shoulder to shoulder. Um, so in some ways it's yeah, sad. Definitely. You wish that Lubbock had more support for this sort of thing. Um, yeah. But in other ways with the other stuff, I'm rambling now. Yeah, for sure. No, and that's <laughs> totally fine too. That's that's what we're here for. So I don't think uh, as far as our podcast um, or mine, I should say, um, 
we don't really have a format as far as like what we're doing. But I should, uh, for those of you um, who are still around and have been just patiently waiting for this episode to drop, <laughs> um, let's give a little bit of background of you, John. So, um, John Seaborn. So, um, I've, I mean, it's been like a, a decade plus now, right? Oh, Somewhere man. It's got to be like 2000. Or, I don't know, maybe seven? Seven, I would imagine. Yeah. When seven, when eight, when did so. you move to Lubbock? So I moved to Lubbock. I think I started um, at Tech like in the fall. Uh, sorry, spring semester of '07. Okay. So yeah, so that would have been like January of '07. Okay, cool. So yeah, it very well was probably '07. Like right at the New Year. So yeah, like right, yeah, right, right at um that end. Yeah. So um. Those of you, I'm sure you do know John. John is a very uh, decorated documentarian. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I probably wouldn't say. De- I, don't, I don't know about I, decorated. I, de- I mean, I, well, I just, you know, just thought out. You know, maybe they'll be like, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, John does um, a lot of work. You can find uh, Dream with uh, Saba. Dream with me. Correctly. Dream with me. Sorry. <laughs> with uh, Adaka. Mm-hmm. Representative, I'm butchering this right now. Um, I'm sorry. But I, this is a character, or well, <laughs> not the, character, the person that you follow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, so there was a time when me and John had first um, uh, were planning to do this, and I had like a script and an outline as far as like written out, and that was like a year ago, and so like I totally forgot as far as <laughs> the, the dream with me. I actually have a T-shirt. Um, yeah. I think it may uh, have been like two years ago at this point. How long? How oh, yeah. long? Yeah, it has. Yeah, that has been like two years ago now because that's when that first was released. But yeah, I still got that shirt. I wear it all the time. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Finish. Yeah. 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 So, um, John, me and John, um, we played, we're in a music scene around. Um, but now John does a lot of amazing, a lot of amazing and awesome work. Um, your latest uh, film, um, can you give that title? Yeah. Have you, so, yeah, you have been sh- um, showing it, right? Like a different yeah, and we've been, film festivals. And we've been uh, screening it for, once again, probably about a year. But it, it cool. just recently broadcast, like had its broadcast debut and stuff. And it's Minor Injustice. So it's looking at um, the... Uh, the way that the Texas criminal justice system treats um, people, minors. minors, but people kind of on the cusp yeah. of adulthood. So um, sure. either 17 year olds or people that are um, um, tried as adults, as youth. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I definitely, I want to, you know, us to get comfortable and just shoot the shit, but I'm going to, you know, interview you and ask you all these questions. So what puts you into that, man? That's a, that's a definite thing from, you know, dream with me to uh, minor injustice. There's a lot of like uh, criminal reform. And um, I don't know where you would, as far as would dream with me. Cause it's, I mean, that's a particular thing, but I don't know the necessary, if there's like a, you know, a specific area or genre of a, you know, documentaries that like this would fall under or as far as like a title, but what kind of pushed you into, wanted to do that and also too so um me and john did a web series that you may may not be familiar that has nothing to do with this so um just to give a little context of the question that i'm asking right now because um 
as far as like you know your uh progress um and journey with film mm-hmm. has definitely not that you know this web series was like your dream but more so um when you took kind of this route like uh what kind of led you into that yeah so um my i went to school for journalism for print and photojournalism and that was kind of my interest i have an uncle that worked at the statesman uh who in and this would have been back at maybe i don't know oh six or something when i was still in school school for journalism he was like ah don't uh don't go into print journalism this is (laughs) it's a dying uh field yeah um and uh you know and and i wasn't really sure i i liked nonfiction storytelling i wasn't really sure where i wanted to go i also liked film yeah i did a bunch of like silly short films and um the web series the cat and stuff with you and and uh and then i i got into some nonfiction stuff, but it was all music related. So I started doing the South Plains sessions with Daniel as well. And, um, that led to the job at PBS. And then, uh, I made a a film with Paul and Daniel about the history of Lubbock music. Um, and then at that point, uh, which, which is good. It's fine. I, I like it, but it's not really, it doesn't have the same like voice that these other films have. Uh, Mm-hmm. it's more just like a straight linear, you know, this guy did this and then this guy did this type thing. Uh, For sure. And then stuff just kind of started falling in my lap that was more social justice um, and climate justice centered. So first was um, Global Weirding. I got introduced to Dr. Hayhoe, uh, who's a like a world-renowned climate scientist at Texas tech, like world famous has done stuff with Obama mm-hmm. and Leonardo DiCaprio and, uh, all sorts of stuff was on a, she was on a podcast with Neil deGrasse Tyson a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. She was, uh, in that film, uh, the revenant. Yeah. Leo, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> she, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Dr. Hale, you're amazing. I love your work. Uh, <laughs> Not that she's listening, <laughs> but, but she might, she be. might be. Yeah. I mean, she might be. Uh, so I started, we're pretty popular. I started doing a web series, for PBS digital studios on climate change okay. with Dr. Hayhoe. And then, um, I got an up, op- there was a soil scientist on campus who was like, Hey, I go to Alaska every year, uh, with the PBS station, be interested in tagging along and making us film about dirt. And, uh, mm-hmm. Paul and I, uh, my boss, uh, was like, yeah, let's go. Uh, but let's not make a film about dirt. Like, we're going to go to Alaska. We're in the middle of a climate crisis. Let's make a film about climate change through the lens of soil scientists or soil science. Um, Yeah. Anyway, so that was kind of my first, uh, those two things were my first dip into this more justice uh, related filmmaking. And then I had met Saba um, and uh, ironically enough with the times right now, I met Saba doing a small piece on Timothy Cole, who was an African-American man at Texas Tech that was wrongly convicted of rape and then died in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, he was convicted in 86. Um, mm-hmm. And she was a student uh, or um, in the Student Government Association, had written legislation to give Tim Cole um, a degree uh, postmortem. And mm-hmm. so I interviewed her about that. Uh, well, then during the 
2016 election process uh, when the Muslim ban was being talked about and uh, and all of the other immigration stuff, uh, I had the idea of making a film about second generation Muslim students at Tech. Um, mm-hmm. So I reached out to Saba and it turns out that I assumed that her parents immigrated here and she was, you know, born here or, or whatever. Uh, it was just... Uh, a wrong assumption on my part. Uh, it turns out she was a DACA recipient. Um, her parents had overstayed a visa and there were all these other complexities. Uh, she was married to an American citizen, but at the time that process hadn't finished. It was actually taking longer than expected. Her parents had a notice, uh, a deportation notice, and there were all these other things going on. And so the focus shifted to uh, kind of a larger picture immigration thing. It was yeah. looking at family-based immigration DACA and then uh, marriage uh, or immigrating through marriage. Um, mm-hmm. And then with uh, minor injustice, that also kind of fell in my lap. So I had a friend who was uh, working as an intern in Austin for um, the Texas criminal justice coalition. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, she called me and said that they were working, that there was a bill uh, to raise the age from 17 to 18 in Texas when one could be held criminally, criminally liable for something. Uh, and was asking if I was interested in doing like, you know, promotional videos or something, testimonies. And I was like, Mm -hmm. no, I don't really want to do that. But the subject matter interests me. Um, you know, I've personally, without going into a ton of detail, I've personally been affected by the criminal justice system in that way when I was, 16, 17 years old, getting in trouble. Yeah. And um, so it was an important issue to me. And so it, it but it, it kind of fell into my lap. Um, For sure. Anyway, so the, this, uh, these past three films that I've done have all had some sort of justice angle and each of them have kind of landed on my doorstep, but it's, it's where mm-hmm. I found my voice. It's where I'm comfortable. I, I've always, um, wanted to be involved in that and like truth telling and, and, and yeah. that sort of, you know, speaking truth to power type thing. And, um, so yeah, definitely anyways, yeah, that was a long answer. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's great, man. And, and not to get too much in, and like your, um, uh, background or, you know, experience with like, um, you know, the justice system. Um, and if this is too much, definitely like I can edit this out, but, um, John, um, if you're not familiar, the story of Shawshank Redemption, um, Andy Dufresne, that is based on John Seaborn. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's that's awesome, man. Um, so um, Didi says, listeners, um, if you do happen to uh, want to uh, check those things out, John, where can they find it? So all um all four of the films that are available that I um, have directed or co-directed with someone um, are available at ktz.org. So ktz.org. You can stream all of them there. I mean, there are other places too, but they're all at that one. All right there. Awesome too. And I'll definitely put it like in the description as far as like the episode whenever i post it um but yeah man that's dope dude um yeah me and john i've i it's it's really awesome for me because i've been able to kind of like see that progression um 
So it's just, you know, it's seeing any, you know, person that you love, like, you know, it's like, oh, they're, they're progressing and leveling up. And it's, it's a really awesome process. And, um, I, I think it's a thing that, um, I always have my reservations, uh, about things, um, in that lane, just due to more so like for the people that are involved, um, as far as like being filmed and like having their story expressed and what it is. And sometimes people, um, not necessarily at times the storyteller can profit more than, um, the actual individual and the, the people that are affected. And uh, for me knowing you, and uh, I'm not, you know, saying this because, you know, you're a best friend or someone I care for, but you really, um, do well as far as, um, not only telling people's stories, but making sure it's not, you know, a gross thing where like, you know, this is just, you know, I'm profiting off of someone's story or pain. Um, and yeah, man, it's just, it's awesome to see, um, that being done, um, very, um, authentically and, um, in a way that supports and gives, you know, people voices. Um, so yeah, man, hats off to you. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And, and, you know, not to, um, I'm by no means, uh, not to fall on my own sword or whatever, the correct expression would be. Um, I mean, I do get a paycheck. I, I work, uh, for the PBS NPR station here. And, but, um, yeah, I don't actually, any money that any of these films actually make, I don't, I don't actually, because they're owned by the, for like, sure. I don't see anything from them. Um, not yeah. that any of them have made any money, uh, documentaries rarely do. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do, I agree that there is a, there is a line you have to walk, you know, it may not be a financial, um, uh, yeah, and it doesn't always but, have to. Yeah, for sure. But the notoriety or like, you know, Definitely. that sort of thing. And that's, yeah, and that's kind of what I feel like gets lost. It's like, you know, like these people, you know, even even some people as far as like what, where we're at right now with like, you know, like um, dealing with like this kind of like civil action that's mm-hmm. happening in our country right now. There's always going to be a lot of people that whether it be, you know, there because, you know, they think this is the right thing or, you know, people that they know are going to like them. You know, there's always people that are not going to be there um, for, you know, whatever cause it may be. Right. Um, you know, I always uh, think of like that Equimini, um song from Outkast mm-hmm. from the same titled album, Equimini. But um, Andre 3000 basically says, you know, um, everyone with dreads for the cause no everyone uh with gold for the fall no so um you know everybody is going to be um you know it it depends you know you can't put everybody in this same pocket right um but i feel like given this time right now people always kind of like everyone can sometimes have a motive right Uh, and so you want to make sure as far as like, you know, um, it's sincere and it's with love and it's something that like you're pushing, you know, for for a particular, you know, whatever particular cause it is, man. And like right now, um, yeah, it's it's I mean, not even um, yeah, you've seen the- a wild time. It, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, as an example, you've seen those videos of like um, uh, of like social media influencers like yeah yeah like, go in or they get arrested or, well they like step in and someone takes their picture and then they like leave like they're not even like oh, at okay, the protest. Right. oh yeah no i didn't i um i i didn't know that was that was a thing wow that's crazy as fuck yeah. um 
and super horrible. Um, yeah, I saw, I forget, it's, like, I'm not super big on influencers, and I'm not trying to sound cool, but there was... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't... No, 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 as far as, like, there was, there was a person that, like, I think, like, went to somewhere and got arrested, but it, it's just, like, an asshole mm-hmm. influencer. Like, they're not really a good person, nor have ever been on any cause. And, hey, um, I mean, I... I try to think and I say, you know what, even though um, for like any popular influencer that is just doing that, um, yeah, you suck. You're a very horrible human, but that is shedding light on things that, you know, an audience may or may not have seen um, if that person didn't do that. Right. So, um, you know, um, I forget the adage of, uh, you know, any advertisement is it's good but um how do you feel about all this man i mean i i i definitely you know don't want to which uh how do i feel about that aspect going oh, on. okay just in general uh, it, more more so right like i not that i have like a i'm i'm i i feel like for me um and like you know people that I'm close to and family, like we talk about this, you know, and it's something I've been very passionate about, um, have had conversations where like with, you know, um, people where it's just like, Oh yeah, you know, you know, he's, he's on, you know, a soapbox or he's this. And it's just like, no man, like I have to deal with this all the time. And this is something as far as like dealing with racism, um, dealing with, you know, just, experiences where it's like yeah i understand that this isn't your norm but please don't ignore me when i'm saying um that this is an experience and you know and so i'm i i hear a lot as far as like you know like people either like you know because now i think it's a magnifying glass on what you know we have all been experiencing our entire lives um, and now that everyone can see this, you know, it is, you know, it, and and there's no there's no fault for if you had blinders on or because you can experience this. And I think a lot of it, you know, I a lot of it at the beginning was very just anger for me, mm-hmm. um, especially when people it's like I had no idea or not. And, you know, me and you, uh, we did record. Um, like a week ago, uh, as far as just talking about this same subject. Um, and I thought about it after. And one thing that I, I wanted to, and I, I, the wrapping around my head of, excuse me, people like contacting and reaching out. And, and some people, you know, and not all. And, and um, but some of, some of the same sentiments was like, I just, you know, I don't, I, I can't imagine or I didn't know. And f- it, it still brings up a feeling for me, right? But I started thinking about it more about the I didn't know or I had no idea. And it made me think that because of how our country is built and how our systems are arranged, there's not a way for a person or a white person, let's be clear, um, to even in their most wildest dream or fantasy or nightmare, 
that they could ever imagine that that would happen as far as being like attacked by a police or some stranger and being killed because of the the color of their skin. And I think that's a thing that I, you know, and and, it, and it, that may not be it for me, but that was a really big aha moment of like, yeah, like, of course you couldn't because in any, you know, given scenario, that would never be the case, right? That would never be the case where that could happen to you. Yeah, I mean, that's not... And I... And I yeah. I mean, that's... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 not to cut you off, sorry. That's not what we're taught as kids, you know what I mean? Like, from, sure. from that perspective, you're you're taught to trust these people and other things, and and the problem runs deeper than the police. I mean, that is that is the problem to focus on now. But the systemic yeah. problem runs runs deeper than the police. Oh yeah, for but, sure. We're 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 just seeing effects of the well. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like it's yeah, yeah like you, I again like defunding's great, right? Um, as far as just like uh, just let's just put a very fine scope on just like jo- George Floyd and those cops, <laughs> right? Like we can't celebrate when they're just arrested, right? Like let's celebrate when they are convicted they are tried they are convicted like let's let's get these things moved into where this is a normal occurrence of these people are being held accountable for this right yeah and we're not seeing that at all i think accountability is key and what does that what does that mean what does that look like um if it's community oversight giving community oversight like actual teeth to do something not just a a show board that you know what I mean? Some sort of yeah. PR stunt for the whichever city to to look better. So you know, um, sure. or is it disbanding and doing some form of other community policing or whatever? But then it's not just the police. Like there is the issue there. There is the issue of race, systemic racism within the police force. But it's the laws that are passed that they're enforcing. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, and that's the big issue. I mean, there's um, one in every thirty-one adult Americans is in some sort of uh, penal control. So probation, mm-hmm. uh, parole, or in prison. Um, and one in 11 African-American men are in that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's 2.2 million American adults in prison, uh, in prison or state jail or something like that. Um, around 3 million on some sort of probation or parole and roughly 4 million arrested every year. Um, or actually, hold on, that last part, I said wrong. It's even worse. That 4 million number and that 3 million on parole um, mm-hmm. are for victimless crimes. Roughly 4 million Americans are arrested for victimless crimes every year. So drug use, mm-hmm. gambling, um, public drunkenness, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Prostitution. And I wouldn't necessarily say it's, it's under victimless, I guess, under the definition. But obviously there's some sort of victim in the crime of prostitution sometimes but a lot of times the person that's the victim is the person that's being arrested. You know what I mean? Like the person mm-hmm. yeah. that may be in some sort of sex trade or something. Um, and there's roughly of that 2.2 million, roughly 750,000 of the 2.2 million in jail are in jail for a victimless crime. So yeah, for sure. I mean, if you, uh, not to cut you no, off no, no. quick, but just to give an example, um, uh, Cynthia Brown. Yeah who was a, a prime and popular example now who a person was that was um, abducted and used for sex trafficking um, killed the man um, that 
bought her <laughs> and was raping her and was convicted and I'm sorry the state I think it was Mississippi some southern deep south state um, I can't remember. I can't remember if it was like Alabama or Mississippi or. Uh, it, it was not Mississippi, but I don't. Um, Kentucky. Uh, maybe I, I, I Kentucky. Kentucky sounds. Tennessee. 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 Yeah. Got you. Um, yeah, I, I knew it was one of one of those. Um, and she was six, she, speaking she of was, the adult or the adult thing. She was sixteen at the sure. time. Um, and then was certified as an adult because of the seriousness yes. of the crime of murder. So for sure, it's another one of those juvenile, which things. doesn't always happen, but it does happen when you are a person of color. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, that's a, that's a definite thing of which it's people need to be more aware of these things. People need to be more aware of a lot of things, especially with our, um, not only our judicial system, but our political system to where, you know, there's just a lot of information and voting rights that are like pushed under and kept under a, a blanket of sorts. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't think because they don't want to have um, any particular change. Um, and, 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 and I mean, for me too, like I, there's a, there's both sides. I, I don't mean to keep babbling, but I mean like this also has to do with just our political system and the lack thereof. And just the, on your left side and democratic side where it's, People that care enough to say, hey, we need to get your vote, mm-hmm. but we're not doing anything else to better that, right? And then people on the right side that know that, like, hey, like, we have people that are going to keep this norm. So, like, we're good. We don't have to make a change. We don't have to do anything. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's very clear and a great representation of, like, to me, what this country is. Um, yeah. And I think. Yeah. There's two interesting things kind of based off what you said. One, when it comes to um, not wanting setting up systems to keep people from voting. I think there's a lot of people in Texas that, that assume that if they have a felony conviction, they can never vote again. And they don't realize oh, that yeah, definitely. once they in Texas, once they complete their sentence. So mm-hmm. whether it's let's say they get five years probation for some sort of felony charge at the end of that mm-hmm. five years, they can vote again. But it's not yeah. widely known or widely because, yeah, the, people want to perpetuate the idea that they can't vote so that those people don't show up and vote. On the second side sure. of that, with like the liberal leaning, kind of neoliberal, um, all um, fake wokeness type thing, uh, mm-hmm. you have, and it also goes back to your idea earlier of people not realizing. Um, you know, not, not having the experiences to realize the stuff that you've gone through. Like you said, I I think that, um, I had to watch a bunch of stuff about get out earlier. This is by no means an original idea. (coughs) I don't remember who said this first or what article I was reading, but there's some interesting things in get out about that. Like rewatching the film and seeing that the, the, it's this underlying, um, racist like this colorblindness type racism that exists within that with Mm -hmm. within that family you know the the idea that like they voted for obama but they're not going to be at a black lives matter protest you know what i mean like they and and obviously there's the the underlying like they're the co-opting of black culture with the stealing their bodies and putting their brains in and the other stuff that that goes there as well um 
but, and you have people at the garden party talking about how black is fashionable and all these other things. Mm-hmm. And there's this weird underlying um, thing of of that attitude amongst that demographic that you're talking about of like, for sure, post-racial America, I live in a world where race doesn't exist and all these other things. And it's, mm-hmm. it is just as harmful, if not more harmful than like the outright racist in the sense that it prevents progress because it's like, we don't need these bills. We don't need these things to oh, happen yeah, for sure. because of this stuff. Well, yeah, definitely. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I've said that too, um, where because you have people that are removed, right? As far as like, you know, I'm not racist. My family isn't racist. So there's an immediate like disconnection of like, yeah, we're, you know, we're removed from that. So like, yeah, we don't think this, but you know, I was having a conversation uh, just yesterday and um, I was talking um, to like Ashley um, and we were having this conversation um, and, you know, she was like, you know, I, it's like, as far as just like what, like the environment and climate that we're in now. And she's like, you know, she was like, no, it's, I, I need to know these things and talk about these things. Um, because like, for me, like I voted for Obama and nothing changed. I didn't vote for Trump and nothing changed. Right. So whenever you do not have that and, you know, just to more so go on and, and, and not saying, you know, she's like this like fake woke individual, but I think people, yeah. Also too like go on that just because they say that's enough. I've done enough. Right. I voted for Obama. I didn't vote for Trump. Um, I think black lives matter, but I'm not going to really talk anything about it. Um, you know, I, yeah, it's just to, agree wholeheartedly yeah i think it's a very dangerous thing um but i or not even a but um more so comma um those same people at times can have you know like yeah i think this is wrong but this is where the conversation ends and i think there's a majority of people in america right now that that has been like that has been like the narrative this entire time, um, and I to even sorry go ahead go ahead because I don't want to oh no talk I was circles. just gonna say yeah that's exactly right and that's you see that continuation in a lot of the like well it's terrible what happened to George Floyd but you know mm-hmm. what I mean like that but is a big yeah, but yeah, exactly and I mean that's you know that's the thing that really kills me and it's hard and i was uh listening to like one of uh one of my favorite podcasts um the baja kevin postman but um he was talking about this and that really resonated with me he was like you know like you hear just to go on the the but you know if he wouldn't have you know resisted and yeah like or even the like we should but not all cops or but it doesn't yeah, or but it doesn't yeah, justify this the, action or but it doesn't do exactly. this exactly it's you know like you'll see and you have uh, there's been you know numerous memes and people put up where it's just like you know like what's the difference in these pictures um and you may see like Eric Garner and that uh dude that uh shot up the church mm-hmm. um and you know what i'm saying it's like yeah like so how do you describe that and there's parts of me that I I have hope, but my 
And I don't even want to say cynical side because I just think this is just a very honest truth. Like I just had a conversation with the person that um, like she has, you know, um, she um, like I think has relatives or immediate family that are cops. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And she put a post up that was like, it really sucks that um, like my friends are posting about cops wanting, you know, cops wanting, wanting to kill cops because my cops is sister. And that that language is what scares me or what gives me not which doesn't gives me hope because people um, the definition of what they're understanding is incorrect from when it comes to like kneeling uh, uh, during like the anthem Mm -hmm. or um, protesting or saying black lives matter uh, and the association of we're saying like cops don't matter and it's like no we're not we're saying like these cops that are doing this that's awful right and even if you want to take it to a degree and just say like hey those cops should be killed right that's not saying that you your person or your relative or whoever person that you care for that's a cop may in fact be a very great person but when you are in an organization and like you can't say and, and sure i'll call it and say like you can't be in the clan and be a good person like that doesn't yeah. work because there are things that are going to take place that you know is wrong and you know is incorrect but you allow it to take place and i understand you may very well be a great person you may very well like never um go outside of the line of um you know, harming someone that may be innocent or doing anything that can, you know, constitute as police brutality. But there is a thing that we have to identify and understand and talk about and have a conversation. And to tie up my end is I don't think people are there to understand the correct definitions of what we're talking about as a collective. Yeah. And this is going to be... It'll take me a second to get there, but um, the the opposite side of this, the, your friend, are focusing on yeah. the individual police officers. For sure. And of course, each individual police officer isn't necessarily a bad human being. Um, there are bad human beings that are cops, but of course, them remove them from that profession and they're not a bad human being or whatever. The, yeah. the problem isn't with the individual police officers. It's with policing as a profession. Uh, it is inherently a violent profession. Uh, it is yeah. inherently a, there are systemic problems within it. I mean, it's the reason that you have officers of color doing things that are systemically racist against people of color. Like it's not a, it is the profession that has an issue. Um, And so, you know, and once again, that's not my idea that um, a lot of that thought process comes from the end of policing. Uh, I don't want to like take credit for stuff, but, and, and there's a good quote from there. That's like, and I'm going to butcher this, but like we have a misunderstanding of like the nature of policing. We keep trying to force social work 
into policing like they answer mental health calls and stuff and the problem is that they aren't a community like the way it's set up isn't a community friendly thing they they inherently are Mm -hmm. violence workers they're treated to to arrest people by force um and so we have to rethink what we're having the police do and what they're responding to and then like i said it goes back to the laws that they're enforcing, those are those laws that they're enforcing is where the root of some of the systemic problems lie um, outside of the history of policing mm-hmm. and how it was set up um, as racist institutions in the beginning. I mean, there's a whole, we don't have 40 minutes ish into this. We don't have time to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Oh wow! I didn't realize it was well, and we probably minutes. farted around for a good for ten sure. minutes. So you got time. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, man, no, I, 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 and you know, I, I'm preaching to the choir, and in some ways, I'm definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, um, um, I do think you know, there's that. Um, this is jumping way back, but there's that. You know, you said. Um, uh, or we talked earlier about the uh, the I'm not racist. You know, you were saying like people saying, well, I'm not racist or whatever. But I think there's a yeah. fundamental problem with if you've gotten to a point in the conversation where you need to say that sentence, uh, there's a bigger issue at hand because you're about to excuse something. If you well, definitely, that phrase man. only comes before an excuse. Like for sure. Um, yeah, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Go I ahead. Just, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. I want you to finish your point. Oh, I mean, and that's essentially it. Like if you're ever oh, having yeah. to say it's, it's always an, I'm not racist, but this thing or this thing, or, you know, uh, well, yeah. And, and yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and that's kind of the, you know, that's in, in a lot of like what I was saying earlier, as far as like, um, you know, like if you just, to even highlight that same thing, like if you're having to defend something like a human life matters, mm-hmm. you're probably incorrect. And the sad thing and that what like kind of like leaves me little to no hope is that that volume or that demographic or that population is so great and there's not a way to make them understand that you know like um i saw this um you know this and i'm sure everyone's seen it but um it really highlighted like a view and basically like it was uh racism i i like it took like yeah racism is so american that when you protest it people think you're protesting america yeah and that is ideal i hadn't heard that because like it's true and yeah and it and it's something like i i mean i've even i can't count how many times and this was like i remember in college i was talking about um just like our um like my perspective and like what i see and i remember um like a dear friend of mine uh um his girlfriend at the time was just like get over it and i was like what type of response is that to to like get over like oppression um alienation um discrimination um murder all of these all of the asians and ships and everything that you could think of and put in a collective and you can tell me to just get over it like that is going to absolve everything um plus i'm sure you're like go ahead i i 
I wish I could just make it stop and I'll get over For it. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah, like I, yeah, I, I wish I didn't have to think about when I go into a place, how many people um, are in the place that look like me mm-hmm. or what could happen if I'm too loud or what can happen if I react this way? I'd love to not have to think about that. I'd love not to have to think about um, what it could be like if I get pulled over. And I mean, I remember one time when I was living in Wisconsin um, and I got pulled over and immediately like a cop came, like pulled me over. Um, and this is just me just trying to merge onto the highway. Mm-hmm. And I, there wasn't enough space where the cop was allowing me to merge onto the highway. So it was like, well, I guess I'm going to try to like s- speed up a little bit just to like, because I need to get on. Wasn't allowed to get on. And a person that was in front of me. So there was no way to I can make like a safe, uh, like merge to the to the lane that I need to get in. Um, so I get put over. Um, cop comes up. It's like my license registration. I'm out of state. Um, all of a sudden, like, he goes back to the car. Then another cop car shows up. And another cop car shows up. And then by the time the exchange of the cop coming back, I already have six cop cars behind me. Mm-hmm. So at this point now, I have my hands out of the window. The cop comes back and he's like, you don't have to do that. This is right whenever um, the riots took place in North Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. I'm living in Milwaukee at this time. So I have my hands out. He tells me I don't have to do that. And I tell him I understand, but I'd rather do this. And so then we have a conversation about that. Um, Then he goes and he goes back to the car. I have another sheriff that goes to the like passenger side car or a passenger side of my car and just stands there. So at this point now I'm just like hands out. I don't know what's going to take place, but I know if I'm not paying attention to everyone's behavior, I'm going to get shot the fuck up. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. This is a reality right now. Um, and that being said, this is an everyday occurrence that could particularly take place. So finally cops like hey you have two different plates tied to this car and it's like so i learned which doesn't happen in every state i guess so in texas um like our temporary registry or temporary plates that we have and registration that we have um cars or dealerships have like this kind of like just like temporary registration in milwaukee or wisconsin those um and i could be wrong but from what the sheriff told me is that the um license plates that you have leaving uh like the dealership is the license plates that you have so every time you register like that's going to be like your plate and magically they've never seen that before Mm -hmm. somehow yeah in an instance like that where a cop wasn't allowing me to merge on a highway turned into six cop cars behind me and me having my hands out of my car window for 45 minutes. So I'm saying that is yeah, <laughs> every instance I have to think of and be calculated on what could take place and what could happen to me. And someone having a bad day or me moving in a way that makes someone uncomfortable can end in me dying. And if that isn't a clear 
cut picture of like what is wrong with this then like i don't think this is going to be a easy transition and i'd like to think that like as people yeah for sure like i i have enough people that i feel like there's a voice but i also feel there is going to be a lot of pulling and tugging and screaming with making things right because there's a lot of just old just like you were saying you know systematic views and like things that are like set into place to where it's like yeah for sure and 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 i understand that i get that um i just think that they are going to grip harder than what they will because i mean they're already doing that now yeah well and and it's uh, it's tough to change um you know and i think that's why the focus keeps being pushed on like an individual officer or four officers or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah. no, it's, you know, legislation is slow and hard and difficult. Um, and it's That's tough. Called me in prison. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, the whole, the whole system, the problem is, and once again, this isn't my quote. I don't remember where I've heard this originally, but the the problem isn't that the system is broken. The problem is that the system is doing what it's designed to do and needs to be broken. Like it's, yeah, you've got a, yeah, it's, it's a big mountain to climb. And, you know, you're talking about all these other people that feel this other way. And, and, and what's there is, I think, it seems that people are starting to see this and I don't know if it's just the echo chamber that I exist in, uh, on social media or whatever, but mm-hmm. it seems that people are starting to see that the responsibility for changing those people's mind is on us. And I mean like us as in other white people, uh, yeah. like it is not, um, you know, your racist cousin, like, you shouldn't just block him from, or, you know, hide him or whatever on Facebook. You should actively confront those views or, or, or try to educate those views. And I'm sure there's different strategies for different family members based on for whatever, sure. but yeah, that, that that's where the responsibility is going to lie. Cause it's not going to die out. We've seen like in Charlottesville where it's like those guys that are like 19 and early twenties and stuff marching around. Like for a yeah. long time, we've blamed this on old white men somewhere oh and yeah that's not sure. the case it's like, it's like you like yeah they may be the one that's introducing them to it but there's people that are continuing that same outline and those are the ones like yeah make sure you just punch the fuck out of <laughs> yeah just do that <laughs> um jokes uh but definitely yeah man it's um it's something I, I hope, I really do, um, but 32 years around the sun, um, it doesn't give me a lot of faith at times, and, um, yeah, you know, I, you know, we all hope for, for it to be better, and, and, and hopes it will, um, but I think there's a lot that, like, fight to hold on to that and um until we get rid of that and do just like this hard reset like on our actual like government we're not going to see that and yeah i understand it's a slow process but um 
then if this process that has already been established is slow, then we need to change that process, right? And we need to say, hey, these things, um, the titles that you hold, they need to be shortened. We need to have better term limits. We need to have quicker um, plan of action to where we can actually see this take place. Because just like what you were saying, if we have an establishment that is already incorrect, then we need to break that, right? And we need to change that. Because if our process is, if it's a slow process, that means this has already been established for a long time. So we know now, we have enough time to know that this isn't working. Yeah. Well, and we have to show up for like, and I make this argument a bunch in, minor injustice in the sense that we focus on national elections, but it's local and state elections that, local, that affect that these we things. Need to hit, yeah. That you need to target. And I mean, Minneapolis. Yeah, for sure, man. Minneapolis just had, uh, you know, the, the, the president can't disband the Minneapolis police or whatever, but yeah, nine of the 13 or 12 Minneapolis city council, uh, persons, just vowed to disband the Minneapolis police. And it's like a veto proof majority within the city council. Yeah. And that's at the, that. the local level. Now who, what that looks like, what ends up happening? This isn't, this is just them talking. It's, it's, I don't think anything's binding. So we'll see what happens. But the point yeah. is that it's, it's local officials, it's local regulations and laws that are anyways, you have to start at the bottom and move up. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes, man. Yeah. This was good, John. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Well, that's weird. I, I, I don't want to, I, I, yeah, I don't want to, well, I mean, you know, given everything yeah. we're talking about, but having having these conversations and having them more, um, I think is always just great and good. And um, yeah, yeah, this was, this was good. I don't, I'm not trying to cut you off. No, no, I, I don't really have um, um, anything else to say. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know where we're at on time. So I didn't want to, you know. You, you you got a life too, man. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, we should uh, we should definitely do this again. I always don't know where to go whenever I'm like, okay, I feel like we're at a good time. <laughs> I don't know how to wrap up properly, and I feel like every episode when I have someone, I'm like, oh well, yeah, you know, I feel like this is this is. Um, I want to talk more. Uh huh um to you and episode long but i also too would like hey maybe we can have more and do more um yeah of things like this i mean we've talked about it like you know behind the curtain but mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i think this was a i think this was good man yeah yeah i'm gonna yeah. uh so this was this was the best episode of dd's podcast to date no dd says no 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 not really no uh i think one of the most impressive was was sean's um uh, I don't know. I don't know. You have your your data, so I don't know how many listeners per his are. Uh, his are uh, the popular ones, but I think just given like you know, he's a famous um, uh, musician yeah. at this point. Which that new record? Uh, it's great, right? It's, I'm it's, like, it's I'm pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's no, all no, right. No, huh? It's nice. No, uh, those the lovers, those Snake Boys. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lovers that song, is good. lovers, is I like right. Abernathy. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, try to think of the other one. I always think of the video. Um, oh, bank good. robber or whatever. Um, bank robber. The yeah, problem bank is, robber, uh, in the world we live I in now, say. I because everything's digital. Oftentimes, I don't pay attention to the name of the songs because it's just yeah, for sure. I mean, if 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 I'm a uh, go Dave Dudley, I was going to oh, say yeah. Billy D. Williams. Um, yeah, Dave Dudley. 
Um, there, and there's a couple, a uh, couple too, like newer songs that they haven't recorded. Um, that like I, I, I like a lot, and I've just, I've, I've always loved, um, you know, Lewis and Dim. Um, he's just a, a, a great songwriter um, and um, lyricist, man. Mm-hmm. Um, just the things that he said. I'm like, man, it's, it's that time. I, I, I feel like really great um, writers um, always at times, or, or, or at can have very like simplistic things that when you hear it it's like man that's amazing and then like you think it's like why can't i think i mean like it, like when i used to like write stuff i would be kind of like a um like a very met like metaphysical um and just kind of fragmented it's like you know it's it's whatever you wanted to interpret it to be, but you know there's this layer <laughs> um and then like i just like i suck at writing so like i would always find myself like yeah let's just uh let's just start a like instrumental band yeah well, i think some of that has to do with you and i listen to way too much like at the drive-in and mars volta and for sure like it's yeah <laughs> way overthinking and so, everything has to be yeah and it's like yeah i need to you know I'm I'm at the intersection, yeah. <laughs> and it's like nah, this ain't that tight, man. Um, uh, but yeah, man, this was I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't wait to do more. Yeah, we're talking about plans. We're we're, we're formulating ideas, so stay tuned for that. And um, Didi says, listeners, I'm I know I know y'all are tired of hearing the same broken record of inconsistency, but I'm gonna figure it out, and we'll we'll, we'll figure that out, and we'll go from there. But John Seaborn, this was great. Um, you are amazing, sir. I'm looking to your eyes right now because we're doing we're doing a Zoom video, so I'm I'm you know it's a love gaze. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, so yeah, take a look for John's work. Do you have any other words, John? Do you want to say? Uh, don't let up. Don't let up. Keep fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beat them hoes. That's that's the one uh, aspect I think I will add to that thing earlier is that uh, I think, especially for, this is probably more prevalent within the white community, but there's probably some sort of assumption that like there'll be some sort of magic fix-all at the end of this, and then things will just go on. And it's like, no, there's going to need to be multiple things happening consecutively over a long period of time. Uh, It's not just magically better. So so keep it up, or keep on, or whatever I said. Keep your foot on the gas. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, 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 man. Thank you so much. Um, and as always, thank you for listening to Didi Says Podcast. And we will see you next mm-hmm. time. Who's your Peace. main sponsor again? Uh, damn, I was going to make that <laughs> I, know, I, was just I, like, I don't want them to be like a racist sponsor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like back by New Balance. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, the, yeah, the NRA. Well, w- <laughs> yeah, the NRA. Yeah, they're, they're back in Didi Says Podcast. Um, along with Dana White. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. Your number yeah, one uh, sponsor is the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, it's the Joe, Joe Rogan podcast. Um, and uh, Spotify. I'm sorry. I yeah, keep, so. you're trying to end this. And no, no, this is, I mean, this, this happens. So it's like not a big deal. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Okay. Goodbye.